I feel like I was in an awesome career and I loved it. You know, I loved it. I feel my calling is to now help men lead their families, to become a leader of men and to show them what that looks like. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another outstanding episode of For the Love of Money. I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode. So I'm sitting down with Vince Del Monte, who's just a great guy, a successful individual. He's a best-selling author, a former pro fitness model, an online fitness business coach, and now somebody with a very, very good seven-figure mastermind for people in the fitness coaching industry because he's been in the game for 12 years. He's already been there, done that, seen it all. Now, here's the best part. Our conversation talks a little bit about that industry, but what we really get into are things like his M5 movement where he teaches men how to maximize all five M's of you know manhood, which are muscle and mindset and money and mission and marriage. Then we take that into a great conversation about marriage and entrepreneurship and how to make that work. We talk about how to find the right coaches and to even know when you're ready to coach somebody. And then we have some great conversations about incredible faith-based insights into giving, including his own scary giving goal coming up for him. You're going to love hearing how he talks about stretching this giving goal that is really intimidating him, but he's going to own it anyways. And I think it's going to help you stretch some of your goals and work on your money mindset as well. There is so much knowledge in this episode. It's one of those life-shifting episodes. So listen up, listen with intention, and catch all the details because this show is so valuable. All right, Vince, my man, how you doing? It's all so good, Chris. How so you doing? So good to connect with you again. Got to hang out with you last yeah. week, talk to you last week a little bit via Skype, and now we get to do it again. Yeah, I told my wife how cool you are, and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying your content, man. And uh, it looks like you just finally got to meet Mark Cuban, eh? Yeah, it was, it was really brief, but it was the kind of meeting I wanted, where it's like this really authentic, ran into each other uh, in the tunnel on the court, and you know, it's, it's one. Of, there's so much behind a meeting where where it's like, oh, you're down here too. Let's respect each other, kind of a meeting, you know. So it's really a cool way where where it happened. But yeah, talk about manifesting quick because we just talked about that last week. Yeah, it was like two days later. I saw a picture of you. <laughs> that's a why. I mean, that's kind of wild if you think about it. Anyhow, we're going to talk about all sorts of good stuff like that. So listen, thanks for being on the show. The way I typically start is through rapid fire. I just feel like it's a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry, and then if something really good comes up, we'll circle back around and do a deep dive. How's that sound? Sounds good. Awesome. All right. I'm going to start real easy for you. Where'd you grow up? Guelph, Ontario. And where do you live now? Toronto, Ontario. And what's your favorite quote? Successful people have developed the habit of what unsuccessful people don't feel like doing. Ooh, so good. What's one of your superpowers? Closing. Ah, yes. Good one to have too. One of your favorite books. What should we read? I love... uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Oh, FBI I haven't agent. read that. Is that good? Oh my gosh. So tactical, like stuff that you can use like immediately. It's the best negotiation book I've ever read. It, it's, it's very, 
fascinating too. The stories, he opens every chapter up with like a real life hostage situation. And then he teaches a lesson from it. It was a, it was a game changing book. <laughs> mm, so good. What is one thing you're challenged by right now? Uh, maintaining balance with the family. Uh, my phone, I'm, I'm addicted to my phone. We are totally going to talk about that because I feel like I'm addicted to my phone too, but I don't know how to quantify if I am or not. So we're totally going to go mm. there. Favorite sure. speech or advice you've ever given? You sell the same way you buy. Ooh. So uh, if, if you're somebody who always needs to think about it, don't be surprised if everybody you're closing needs to think about it too, because you'll accept that as a... Is, uh, yeah, oh, I get it. Sure, sure. Yeah, definitely think about it. Oh, I got to talk to my wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I got to talk to my wife all the time too. So you sell the same way you buy. So you got to lead and you've got to project the values you want your people to act upon by first living them out yourself. We're totally going there in a minute because in all of my sales that I've encountered, I haven't heard somebody put it that way. It's so good. A couple more. What? Who is someone who's changed your life? Uh, business wise, I mean, there's four men this past year. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'll leave my parents because my parents are the most influential people in my life. I'll, I'll share people that people could get plugged into Grant Cardone for sales, Bedros Cooling for leadership, Craig Ballantyne for productivity, and Stephen Furtick, Pastor Stephen Furtick for just reframing everything in my life uh, via a biblical perspective that's allowed me to understand why something's happening. Uh, right now and to see it from a different viewpoint. What a lineup. I mean, no wonder everybody is seeing you everywhere. That is about the best lineup of individuals that have changed your life you could possibly list. And well-rounded too. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are my guys. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? Growing this coaching program to uh, over seven figures in recurring revenue in less than 12 months. Yeah, you're crushing I, I it. Will, I, will, uh, and I, I, I did not know this was going to happen. I love it. Congratulations. One thing that you might change from your past. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. I've never been asked that. Um, I blew two major investments. Uh, one with my wife's money on a Facebook ads guru who ended up being a con artist. And that cost her $55,000 of her money from her business that oh. I convinced her. And then shortly after that, I got suckered into buying a timeshare in Las Vegas while up there for a mastermind meeting. And that was another 50 grand. So I've made some clumsy decisions financially. <laughs> Haven't and, we all um, though? I mean, let's just all raise our hand right now and say it's like a rite of passage. I just yeah, love so, that you shared it. So I've made some clumsy financial decisions and um, yeah. Thankfully, we, we might uh, even talk about that because we talk a lot about money mindset and a lot about money on here. Two more. What is something generous you've done recently? Uh, we sponsor over two dozen kids. And at a recent um, Elevation concert, uh, we um, sponsored two more. And um, I um, actually, we're getting ready for our year-end giving at our church. And um, I had a number in mind. And our pastor actually said to us, you know, pray for a number that, you know, I came in with a number that's comfortable. I could, I could cover it. I could cover that number. And he said, you know, pray for a number that will require a commitment from him. Mm. And, and he said that it's not about the size of the gift because, you know, some people next weekend will give a hundred dollars and some people will be giving a million dollars. And he said, it's not the size of the gift, but the size of the sacrifice. 
Mm, in perspective, and, uh, yes. In and he said, and, and he really convicted me when he said, if everybody gave with the same attitude that you give, would the church grow? Oh, so yeah. good. And, and, and he said right before, like, we don't need your money. Like, we, there's no emergency. You know, the, the church, like, we don't need. The church is loaded. They actually do a year-end review, and they bring in over $67 million a year. Wow. And they have a full-blown report sharing where the money's going. And he, he really does, he's, he's very clear that, hey, this is not give the church money and you're going to get a Mercedes Benz next year. But this is the testimony that when we allow God to occupy more of our life with what's already his, so it's a belief that everything you have is on loan to you. It's not even yours in the first place. And then when you give him your first, then he'll bless you with the rest. And, um, and, and that's been a really challenging and really inspiring message. So, um, so I think this weekend, uh, I've got a number of mine, but I'm going to tell you straight up, it's scary because mm-hmm. it's like, I, I can't cover it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I will need him to come through to help me cover it. Wow. I love that you just explained that in full, the way that you did. We could end right here. And that message alone, the way that you explained it slowly is exactly what this podcast is all about. I love that. Very last rapid fire question for you. What are you grateful for today? Hey man, I'm grateful to, for being on this uh, podcast with you. Uh, you know, I've, I've always looked up to, uh, you know, you and Lori, and I know you guys are connected with some really inspirational people. And, and just the fact that, you know, you wanted to bring me on the podcast, I, I'm grateful for that, man. Well, I'm grateful you're on. Seriously, the, the mutual respect goes both ways. I've watched you for a long time. And so this is a really great day for me to be able to dig into your mind a little bit because I know it's a freaking brilliant and loving and caring and successful mind. So we're totally going to do that. So speaking of mm-hmm. which... Let's go a little bit deeper. You know, today you're known as one of the world's leading sales and marketing fitness authorities, but you've been at this for like what, over 10 years? Yeah. I launched my first ebook in May of 2006. I hired a business coach in October of 2005. So it was a six month coaching process. Process. I know you guys are from the States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have been marketing information products since 2006. So 12 years now. I mean, that's like original gangsta status. Yeah, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> All right, so, so let me ask you this, actually. I'm going to go somewhere sensitive right away. And that is this. You earned your stripes. You are literally one of the original marketers of online information and how-to and all that stuff. Now I feel like every single second, there's a brand new person popping up as a coach or a business expert or this or that. And it feels like all you need these days is an Instagram profile and a photo shoot, right? So tell me about that journey going from being a specialist, let's say somebody like a trainer or a fitness expert, because that's your world, to moving into the coaching or business coaching role. What does that look like and when should you do it? Yeah. Well, I'm a big believer that life only makes sense when you watch it in reverse. And um, it only makes sense. I'm glad you asked me that because it only makes sense uh, that, you know, it makes sense what I'm doing right now based on how I spent the last 12 years. And I I did start the first 12 years off as the skinny guy savior. Mm -hmm. And my passion was helping skinny guys build muscle. That was my story. I used to be nicknamed Skinny Vinny. (laughs) I can't picture it. (laughs) long distance runner. And my first program was how I gained my first 40 plus pounds of muscle. And that was a program I marketed for three years straight until I marketed my next program, Maximize Your Muscle, which was a workout of the month program, which included 
more than just a workout, but I included a bit of personal development advice based on, you know, the little I knew in my mid twenties, but people really started grasping onto that. And early on, I discovered that people will come for the fitness advice. They'll come to get a specific problem fixed. Maybe for the ladies, it's, you know, uh, you know, a, a better looking, you know, certain body part for the fellows, it's bigger arms or muscle or more strength, but they will stick around and they'll send through all your programs for the life advice. Mm. And I'm, and what I did was I just continued to create more programs and I was really prolific. You know, I looked up to Eben Peg and he was one of my early day mentors. And I really just, you know, Grant Cardone's one of my mentors. And these guys just have massive product suites. I was not the guy with singularity of focus. I was the guy that had a different program every couple months and I would pump them out and it worked. You know, people, I realized fitness people are weird. And they'll buy anything you put out because it's like fitness magazines. I don't know uh, about you, but I subscribed to over five at once and I never wanted to miss anything. So I realized that I could be really prolific with my content and I could win by just coming out with new programs, new angles, new promises. And I um, built the fitness brand with that strategy, uh, organic content on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, there's over a thousand videos. And if you go back, you'll see everything was specific to building muscle. We had some fat loss stuff, but primarily everything was specific to helping guys build muscle without drugs, without supplements and in less time. And that was, that was the big idea. And, uh, over time I created more programs, but, uh, through that whole time, what happened was this, you know, I started off as a fitness expert first and I quickly realized that my fitness information is pretty good, but my marketing is way better. Mm, and yep. I started gaining a bit of a reputation. You know, Vince is an aggressive marketer. Haters started coming out. I use long form sales pages, really aggressive email marketing, last chance promotions. Like I did all that, you know? And, um, so that, um, you know, in that process, I was learning how to grow my business via internet marketing, hanging out with the top marketers in the industry, joining masterminds and coaching programs. So what happened was I developed a reputation as, hey, Vince's fitness information is good, but it's it's not great. But Vince's marketing is outstanding. Vince is a fitness marketer first and a fitness expert second. And um, I really, I really took advantage uh, of that. And it was only a matter of time before I transitioned to business coach because I was being sought out by many, many people to, hey, can you show us how to do this? But it made no sense for me to start teaching like something to people that were, I considered my competition. I didn't really have that mindset that you know we could all grow to. I'm like, why would I teach you how I'm running my promotions? And why would I teach you any of this? You didn't have an abundant mindset yet. No, I was like, and I've got a lot of growth still. Like this market's still untapped. There's still way more potential. I still haven't done what I want to do in this space yet. You know, we haven't scaled our paid ads yet. We're not running a quiz funnel. I want to do a free plus shipping offer. I just saw so much untapped potential with continuing to go deep. I knew that because some of my competitors were ahead of me and I knew that I wasn't even close to doing what they were doing. So I'm like, why divert attention to something brand new when it's the opportunity is not going wider but deeper? So, so it wasn't until I hit my mid thirties and I had a couple kids, 
And I started realizing that the fitness business was getting tougher and tougher to grow. And, you know, I wasn't as passionate about the content as uh, I once was. And, you know, I'm 30, you know, six years old. I've got two kids, almost a third on the way. And I'm creating videos on what's better, the leg extension or the squat. And I'm like, I've been shooting these videos for 10 years. And one of the big things I was really passionate about was helping men evolve. And I've come up with this little framework that I feel every man goes through, not in this specific order, but many actually happens to be pretty dang close to this order. And that's muscle, mindset, money, mission, and marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I call that the uh, M5 framework, the M5 man. And, you know, it was um, about a year and a half ago when an old business coach reached out to me, Bedros Koulian, who uh, just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of touch base and see where things were at and realize that my business had plateaued with fitness. And I was burning my team out. I was burning myself out. I was burning my audience out with one promotion after another, primarily succeeding just because I've got a big engine but every engine eventually fails. And I felt like I was kind of there and I wasn't evolving. I wasn't like, I don't want to make more fitness videos. And I've always wanted to help men do what I've done, which is build a successful and profitable online business, which has been the thing. Like if you and I are hanging out, we're talking business. We're likely not talking fitness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's me. And that's that's the authentic Vince. But I was afraid to move in that direction. And Bedro said something to me, said, hey, Vince, you know, if you don't stand out differently, then you don't stand out at all. Whoa. Whoa. And that's that's what was happening. I wasn't standing out differently anymore because... I wasn't different, you know, I wasn't, you know, and when you don't show up different, you don't show up at all. So, so he said, why don't you have your own fitness business coaching program? And I was doing these two day seminars and uh, I was calling them the zero to six figure formula and I was doing them in different locations and, you know, we'd have anywhere from 10 to 20 people show up and they were, um, all my fitness people who were wanting to learn how to start and I charged two grand for these events and we'd have anywhere from 10 to 40 people come to each one and, and, and I'd sell them out with like one or two emails to my fitness list. But after the event, I'd leave them hanging, not intentionally, but just because, you know, it was, it was a seminar. You come and you go. And Bajel said, Hey man, you know, you're doing these individuals a huge disservice, right? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you're not a product of two day seminars. I said, yeah, it's a good point, but you know, it's nice cash. It's, you know, it's an in and out operation and I have a Facebook group and, and he said, well, Vince, you know, why don't you have your own coaching program? And I I said, because I don't, uh, you know, I don't know how, how do I do that? And, and, and if I pitch it, what if no one signs up and I don't know how to phone close and I don't know how to do this and that. And, and he said, well, I can teach you. And this is what I do best. And Bedros was a guy that helped me get over seven figures with my fitness business many years ago. But I dropped out of his coaching program. Um, not for any... I can't even remember why. I just did. I don't know why. But I didn't have a big vision back then. So um, he invited me back into his new program, Empire. And, and he really challenged me to do what a lot of my peers had done, which was get focused on one thing. And up until then, I wasn't focused on one specific thing and growing it, which was what I needed to do. I'd already exhausted the launch after launch model. Like, I, like it wasn't like I hadn't tried that. I'd already exhausted every price point. You know, membership sites, 
at 10 bucks, at $70 a month, at you know, $47 programs, everything you can imagine, I'd already done $500 programs, $1,000 programs. So I'd pretty much taken this as far as I felt I could. And I said, yeah, let's do it. This is what I ultimately want to do. And I truly felt my calling was to coach men to building successful and profitable online business because of my connections in the industry, from how much experience I have, from how much I've seen from other uh, friends who are in this space. And, um, you know, that weekend at the next two day event, I pitched it and of 40 people in the room, there were 33 buying units, 15 people walked to the front of the room with the contract. Wow. And, um, you know, that was a 200 plus thousand dollar weekend. And that was, that was the beginning of the seven figure mastermind last summer. And, I have just allowed Bedros and Craig to coach me and give me my marching orders. And I, my fitness business is still there, but I'm not intentionally trying to grow it anymore. Yeah. And there was a huge fear factor of letting go of something that has provided a consistent stream of income for over eight years, but there wasn't growth. And, yeah. and I remember being at a recent Grant Cardone event and he said something that, I mean, I wouldn't even post this on my Instagram page because it was so convicting. And he, I felt like he was speaking directly to me. And he said, the worst person you can take business advice from is a millionaire. And he said that because millionaires get to, um, you know, you hit that milestone and you've got this claim to fame that yeah. you've hit seven figures. And he said, they go into conservation mode. Totally. And they want to protect their identity. So they actually stop playing to win and they start playing not to lose. And he was speaking right to me. Yeah. Yeah. It totally turns into, you know, defense, not offense. Yeah. That's incredible. And the reason I joined the uh, mastermind was because I had to get out of defense mode and I had the emergency brake on. And those guys helped me lift the emergency brake and rebuild something with singularity of focus. And uh, I think there's a huge lesson there for everyone in terms of just getting crystal clear on what your main thing's going to be and uh, having someone hold you accountable because it's so easy to get struck by the good idea fairy every hour of the day. Okay, let me me ask you something. You've been mentioning these coaches as you went through your journey and the times you've been stuck and the times that up-leveled you and the breakthroughs you've had. Can you make it? And I'm going to let everyone fill in their own definition of making it. But can you make it without a coach or is this a prerequisite to success? I like that African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Oh, that's so good. I think you certainly can get, um, you know, some spurts, you know, just like, uh, in a training program, there's, there's no doubt you can make some, uh, quick gains, but the question is, is how much faster, how much further can you go with a team than without a team? So I think what happens is, um, I, because now I'm a business coach, right? So I'm meeting all these guys who think they're they're crushing it, making thirty grand a month, but their 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 credit card's also thirty grand a month, and and they just they don't know what they don't know, and you need outside eyes to point out where you're leaving money on the table, and and you need outside eyes to tell you that you've got to stop doing this, you actually have to start doing this, and and unless somebody tells you. Uh, you won't do it because there's no skin in the game. There's no threat. You don't want to disappoint your coaches and you didn't put anything at stake. So certainly someone can make progress alone, but you'll never, ever 
uh, achieve massive success. Like you'll never experience your full potential going solo. It's so freaking true. Okay, let's talk about your journey. You know, you talked about going solo versus going with coaches. Now, your journey has gone from somebody that did not have a family and was kicking butt to somebody that is very much a family man. You'd mentioned your your five M's or the M five theory and all that. And how has your how has your the way you run your business, the way you work, changed now that you've become this family man? Yeah, you have to work within boundaries now. You have to work with more, you know, communication. So the big thing is, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that I could work all day. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the the other day, you know, my my wife, uh, she gave it to me. She said, uh, you know, I think I blurted out in in defense. So it was five thirty. I was supposed to be upstairs at four thirty, and uh, you know, I said, I'm doing this for the family. You know, Ooh, you don't appreciate one of the, one of the worst things you could say, right? <laughs> And she says, you were working this hard before I met you. Oh. You And and she, yeah, she just gets right to the point. Eye-opening. What a great spouse, man. Oh, yeah. And she says, you'd be working just as hard with or without us. You're not doing this for us. You're doing this for yourself. And and sure, she, you know, obviously we both get a little heated, but, you know, there's a a lot of truth to that. And um, is it your identity? Is it, is it an identity oh, yeah. that's hard for you to, to shake or better yet, is it a security blanket? Like as long as you always work to exhaustion, you know, you know, you'll be safe. It, it's the um, fear of losing what you've gained. It, it's back to the uh, not playing to win, but playing not to lose and being fearful of losing the identity of being, you know, maybe your a number of your colleagues say, yeah, Vince is a successful this and that. And yeah, you're terrified of losing that. So you stick to what you've done in the past. And one of the big eye openers that I've discovered this year, especially to go from that million to $3 million a year mark, you have to start making your employees more rich. Mm, yep. And, and that, that's a really tough mindset because the more the more money you make the typical typically the less you're actually working or the less you're definitely grinding but in the earlier phases you know from 100 to 300k there's like you're doing everything you're hustling and it's a it's a weird thing it's weird to work less and still make more but it's thinking differently and acting differently and you know specifically to now i have four coaches and they make commission when they bring in clients I pay them to come and teach at my events and that's the way this is scaling. So I'm making more money actually working less. And and now my wife wasn't, she wasn't able to give me the tactics of like how to do it, but she enforced the value that, Hey, if you can't figure out how to grow this thing without kicking us to the curb, then she basically said, figure it out. Wow. Like, Ultimate to your coaches. Yeah. How, how's Bedros? How's Bedros doing it? He's got a family. How's he growing? How's how, how are these other guys who do have families growing? How are they at the goals that you want to hit? How are they doing it? They're obviously thinking and acting differently than you. So she would help me enforce the value, and then would encourage me and support me. Like, go find out how these other guys are doing it, because it's got to be possible. Can we like, point out just how simple? yet powerful that is. If somebody is already doing it, and especially if a lot of somebodies are already doing it, then the only thing holding you back is that you've never bothered to go ask or learn how they're doing it. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was one of the uh, things I really wanted to portray. I wanted to... I, 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 
you know, there's obviously a market for entrepreneurs who have families, but that's not where it started. But I realized that if I could figure this out, if I set the bar high in my own life, and if I utilize all the gifts in my life, like my wife having a backbone and holding me accountable and, and, and not being a pushover, my parents who always make sure, you know, the kids are first and everything. And that if, if I could figure this out, if I could be an example of, hey, you can do something awesome with your vision and with your ambition. And I get it. You're a hunter. You're, you want to go and achieve. And if you're not experiencing momentum, you don't feel alive. I understand that there's, there's a certain wiring in entrepreneurs that doesn't need to be explained to other people. It literally is how you are. And there's a reason why we're this way and we freak the rest of the world out, Mm -hmm. but it's not something you have to apologize for, but it is just something you have to under, you know, realize that you still have to make sure everybody else's needs around you are getting met mm. in the process. Dude, so And I realized true. that if, if, if I could figure this out, like, because every time I talk about marriage and relationships at the mastermind, even if it's like I sneak Flavi up on stage, she doesn't want to come up for like five <laughs> minutes. People, the guys will pull me aside in the washroom and they'll be like, that was the best part, man. Th- thank you so much. I needed to hear. And, and, they, and they hear us share about some of our own struggles. Guys just, are reassured that they're not alone and that this is a fight that they're in and their buddy is fighting too. And and we just tell each other, man, we got to win this fight. Like this is a fight that has to be fought and it has to be won. We have to figure this out. We cannot continue this or else. And we joke around, you know, I don't know if you've looked how much a divorce lawyer costs these days, but you know, we like, we, we, have, we have to like, Hey, there is something at stake here. If we don't get this figured out, you know, my baby girl, Melia, is going to be more excited when my brothers come over and spend time with her than than her own daddy because her daddy's always distracted. So you have to be aware of what's at stake if we don't win this fight. Wow. That is so true. Like if you forget what, and I think this is what couples do a lot of time, entrepreneurial couples, or even just entrepreneurs who are married or or you know hooked up with anybody is they forget what's at stake. They they only picture the business risks at stake and they forget that this marriage or this relationship or whatever it is that you're in that was once shiny yeah. is collecting dust. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it all comes back to um you know not confusing your self-worth with your net worth. And you know, when you get around, you know, when you come into these business meetings and you meet successful people, yeah, you're quickly you know, comparing based, you're, you're finding your identity in your numbers. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, and, it's, and it's, 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 it's an epidemic easy, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, oh man. And, and, um, you know, I've been around a long time so that, you know, <laughs> I, I like to give context to this. Like I've got buddies who've got really big businesses, but I mean, you would not want their health. And, you know, uh, the, the girls are friends and they go out for dinner and then, I hear about the other side of one of my buddies that I didn't know about, but uh, was revealed to you know my uh, wife's revealed to my. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't want to hear that. That's like, and and you start to see like, even though he may be, it may appear that he's winning in that one area of life, he's severely losing in another area. And um, this kind of goes to the conversation of comparison mm-hmm. and just really getting clear on what your valuables are. Like, mm. what's what's what are your values? Like, you know, realizing that hey, I might 
not be able to, and, and again, not using your family and your values as an excuse not to grow. Uh, I'm not saying that, but just to ensure that like, hey, you can't compare yourself to somebody else if they don't value their relationships mm-hmm. because they, they're, they're likely working twice as much as you and they, and they should be ahead of you. If they're working twice as much as you, they should be ahead of you. It's like comparing myself to a guy in the gym who's on steroids. Well, he better be bigger than me. Yeah, he's got a bit of an advantage. Let me. He better be more ripped than me because I'm not doing that. So you got. So I always say that if you're going to compare, clarity requires context. Uh, because context will make sure it's apples to apples. Yes. So good. So good. Okay. Let me ask you your, your M5, your five M's of, of manhood, you know, muscle, mindset, money, mission, and marriage. I want to ask you, what is your mission? Because here you're talking about how you work too much. And I don't know about too much, but it's your identity. It's what drives you. You're talking about wanting to balance the family. You're talking about all these other things and the money that we've made. But what about your mission? Why are you doing it all? Yeah. I feel like my first 10 years was my career. I feel like I was in an awesome career teaching fitness, educating guys on how to build muscle and how to eat properly and execution and workouts. And I loved it. You know, I loved it. I feel my calling is to now help men lead their families and, uh, to become a leader of men and to show them what that looks like. And that is to build a great body. It is to have an abundant mindset. It is to build a super profitable business because that's the only way you can reach more people. And it is to try and figure out why your maker made you. You know, I, I don't know a hundred percent why I'm here, but I'm pretty sure it has to do with leading men. And that starts with me becoming a better man. And then to be able to do it all in the context of having a marriage. And again, marriage isn't for everyone. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but for people that do feel like it is for them to ensure that they do it in a way that uh, keeps them first so that when they you know, get to the end of their life, they're not running through the finish line uh, by themselves. And typically, if you run through a finish line all by yourself, you likely ran the wrong race. <laughs> God, isn't that the truth? Do you feel like you're accomplishing your mission? I feel like I've never been more focused and more on the right path in the uh, past year and a half than I have in the last eight years combined. Part of that you said having an abundant mindset. What does that mean to you? We talk a lot about that on the show. What does it have an abundant mindset and what does it mean to you to be financially successful? I think I'll, you know, I'll spin this, you know, I'll I'll share that. uh, I learned a lot of this from, you know, Grant Cardone and, uh, you know, I just love what he says. There's 7 billion people in the world. (laughs) Like you don't need anybody's money. You know, they need what you have more uh, than their money. They, they need you more than you need their money. And a, an abundance mindset is getting so clear on what your mission is and that it is happening with or without you. This coaching program is growing with or without you. The bus is leaving Monday at 9 a.m. If you're on, great. This is where we're going. But we don't need you to, to, to achieve the mission. So I think being able to speak with conviction and strength and confidence and that being your your true, true core belief that this is what I'm called to do and this is what's going to happen. We'd love for you to be a part of it. And this is how I sell and this is how I teach my students how to sell. And the only way you can sell like that is if you truly believe in what you have. So in other words, there's enough to and go around, right? Like There's, enough, there's more than enough to go around. There's more and, and people have to 
figure out, is this the right fit for them? And we're not ever twisting people's arm into doing something. So that abundance mentality is, yeah, understanding that I can, I can find just as many people as I need to uh, achieve my own goals, but in the process as well, I can help others. I don't have to hoard my information. I can be a go-giver. I can be generous. I can contribute. And uh, I mean, an abundance mentality is really realizing that you don't own anything. You don't own your house. You don't own your car. You don't own your business. You don't own your health. And I'll use the health one as an example. Think about all these people we know. They don't eat gluten. They take all their vitamins and minerals. They exercise six times a week. They do their yoga. They go to bed. They get plenty of sleep. They never drink alcohol. And then they get sick. Mm, What the heck? Yeah. So how how did you get sick? Because you're not in control of your body. And, And there's this belief that, again, this comes from my faith, obviously. But I think when you really understand that we're just stewards of gifts and that God gifts those who are great stewards with even more, because ultimately it's his... And it's ours to manage. Does that help us have an abundant mindset when we realize, wait a minute, we're nothing more than a pass-through, right? We're just supposed to be a good steward of this wealth, whatever form that wealth happens yes. to be in. And so if it goes out yes. the door for a while, it'll come back. Yeah. And maybe I'm being tested right now. And why am I being tested? Maybe uh, maybe I wasn't a good steward. And uh, if, if I'm not obedient uh, to what I'm being called to do, he's going to find somebody else who's more obedient. And I want to get on board. I, I want to I be involved. Like I don't want to get left behind. I want to see what can happen uh, with, this, with this mindset that, hey, my hands are open. I'm available. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. And uh, I want to be a part of the, uh, um, the move of the next generation. And, uh, you know, I want in on this. You know, I want to I see something grow. But I'm also under the uh, belief that it's not going to just happen under my own power. Mm-hmm. You know, because my power is limited. I'm a human being. I'm not qualified. I'm unqualified. I'm a fail. You know, I fail all the time. So I need outside help. I need a higher power. And that higher power uh, will introduce me to the people that can help me, will, you know, orchestrate steps, uh, will put me in situations that may appear as a battle. But then looking backwards, I will see that it was a blessing because it was a situation that was preparing me for a bigger battle but I wasn't ready for that bigger battle. And I had to go through that smaller one to get armed, but I didn't have that perspective. And I think that's, that's to me, uh, that's a, an abundance mentality, you know, realizing yeah. that, um, you know, I have a real privilege to achieve a lot in life if I realize that I'm here for a reason bigger than just my own goals. I totally love that. So let's kind of attach that now to when you're talking about you've got a giving goal coming up that you're going to commit to in church and it intimidates you right now. So talk to us about that a little bit because a lot of people wonder how much should I give? Am I giving enough? Am I not giving enough? Am I giving person even? Tell yeah, what is well, it I like think, to, think, have, to, to pick a goal that scares you and why are you doing it? I think the big thing is that you have to um, decide if you want to trust God on the next level. Wow. You have to decide if you want to trust God with more of what's already His. Wow. And you got to keep your hands open. And it's a faith that He will take care of you. 
So for me, I'm praying about a meaningful number and a number that requires faith. And and, and like I said earlier, one of the, one of the numbers uh, that I initially had was one I could cover it, but the other but the other number that um, entered my head, and I, I kid you not, when I walked in to church, I did not have this number in my head, and this new number is now a number that tells God that I'm going to need you on this one. <laughs> I, I love I, I don't, that though. I, I'm, I'm going to need you to come through. And, and I think the big thing is, is, you know, we're talking, you know, I know some people, they go to church and they hear the guy talking about giving and tithing and, and they say, why do they always got to talk about money? We're not talking about money right now. We're talking about your heart mm. because wow. where your treasure is, so is your heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, the, and I think the big thing here is that God doesn't need your money. <laughs> he doesn't need your money, but you need what he has. Wow. That you is need so good. Has. You need what he has. And it's a privilege to respond to his prompt to give. And, uh, you know, I guess for me, um, it, it, there's a curiosity factor of like, you know, if, if, if I don't obey, he's going to use someone else, but I want in on this. I want to be a part of uh, what he's doing, and and it's it's really uh, I don't want to just respond, but you know I want to respond in a way that's immediate. Like yeah, of course, of course, of course I'll respond to that number you put in my head because it's yours anyways. And and again, I really want to emphasize that giving and tithing is not a, a money making scheme. But I can tell you guys that last year, I'll tell everyone listening. Last year at our year end give, um, I had a number in mind as well. And, and I had a specific number and I, I kid you not, you know, he said something in the service that, um, I, I shared it earlier. He said, if everybody gave like you, would our church grow? That's a powerful and statement, I, by the way. And I was like, I don't know, think it would, cause this is comfortable. I can cover this. And I doubled my number and, and I, and I did it also at the end of the year when I had like insane bills. Like I was like, I was like, I can't, like, I don't, I'm like, we're going, we're, I had like crazy, crazy amounts of bills that came up at the end of the year. I'm like, this isn't, this is the most inconvenient time to do this. Yeah. And you did it anyways. And this past year has been my biggest year of all time. Mm, that is so good. You know, by the way, you said something. I don't know if people caught it, but you said you got to keep your hands open. And I had this visual right away of like you holding your two hands out. And when your hands are open and out, that means money can, of course, leave those hands, but money can also be put into those hands. And it's just like this big circulation of money going through your hands if you just hold them out. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm going to tell you guys that if, if you feel called to maybe give, you know, one, it, it will take courage. It's going to take courage. Uh, two, it will take some discernment. And, um, you know, I think there's three great places for people to give. I think one is to those in need. So maybe, uh, maybe a charity. Then I, and then I would say also to, to the place where you feel like you're getting fed. So for me, I mean, I get fed when I go to church, you know, I go to church every Sunday thirsty and, uh, I get my, my, my thirst quenched. Yep. And, um, and then the third one can be, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're being discipled by somebody on a closer level and, uh, 
somebody who's actually working side by side with you, maybe talking about personal things and maybe you invest into their ministry or into their work. So I think um, you need discernment to where you want to, you know, allocate your, your gifts. You know, you don't have to do 10% or whatever you give 5%, 10%. You don't have to give it all to one place. And then I think also there's a piece here that requires stillness where you just be quiet and, um, and maybe get into a, a, a place where you can just listen. And, uh, you know, I just open my hands. I'm like, you tell me, like, you tell me what to give. Like, is it this number? Is it that number? And, and, and I hope I have the courage to respond mm-hmm. and, I, and, uh, but then it's just being willing. So, so it's, it's pretty cool. And, and again, I just share, I just really want to emphasize that, you know, I'm simply t- sharing this with you because this is, you know, my testimony, this is my story. This is, this is a true story. And, uh, I'm sure many people, um, I mean, I've even heard Anthony Robbins talk. Uh, I hear so, you hear so many people and I don't even know their full faith story, but you hear so many people who keep talking about giving, giving, giving. And I, I truly feel like, um, the biggest, the most successful people I know are the biggest go-givers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is so true. I just wish I would sink in for everyone who, who hates on money or who hates on the rich or who hates, if I had to write down every single wealthy individual I know, 99% of them are the biggest givers. They really are. I love that you just touched on that. Ask everyone this question. It's meant to inspire ways of giving. So let me ask you, what's one of your all-time favorite moments of giving? I give to... Um... I give to my parents every month. They're a part of a, a ministry cool. that I really support. And I've, I'm actually their biggest donor. That's awesome. How does that feel? That must feel <laughs> amazing. Well, well, my dad's awesome because he arms me with so much material. And I always kid around. Like all my best stuff you see on my Instagram page, I just steal it from my dad. <laughs> and, um, you know, he loves it. And uh, he coaches a lot of my business buddies, a lot of my super successful business buddies, you know, around marriage. You know, he's in, he's an ordained minister, but he's kind of like the Tony Soprano of, um, the Christian world. He's, you know, <laughs> what a great you know, analogy. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's, um, you know, he'll definitely speak truth to you, but, uh, he's very relatable. And, um, I, I think giving to their ministry is always really fulfilling because I'm like, I see the people my dad's impacting. It's incredible. Like, his, his network of guys that like he meets with the same four guys every Thursday for breakfast. And he's been doing it for over 20 years. And, and he goes, you know, deep, like he's different than me. I'm more the guy that wants to be on stage and connect from a distance. He's the guy that will come alongside you. He's like the putter. I'm kind of like the guy that will drive you down the fairway. I'm, I'm even kind of like an iron. I'll drive you pretty dang close to the um, hole, but my dad's the putter. He comes right alongside you and helps you work through those like really specific issues you got to, you know, fight and win. And, um, he does that for a number of guys in my circle. And, uh, I think given to their ministry because I, you know, I hear the testimonies, I hear their stories, you know, I've known marriages that have been saved. I know guys that have, uh, you know, struggled with certain things that have, um, you know, not fully conquered them, but are, 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 are confronting them and, and moving in the right direction. So it's really cool to, uh, be able to give to a, to a guy like he does, he's not like trying to make, you know, he's, he's not numbers driven. He likes, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a safe guy. He's Italian. So, you know, he (laughs) plays it safe, but, um, you know, I've invested heavily into their ministry and I've seen uh, the fruits of it. And I think that's one of my favorites. Man, that is so cool. All right. So we got to start putting a bow on this. This has been nothing but just 
a great conversation. I like, I love the direction that this thing took. People will come away from this with so much value. So where can they get more value from you? Where's the best place to follow you? Where's the best place to tap in? Where's the best place to, to get some of your coaching and so on? Yeah. I'm like you, Chris. I love Instagram. So uh, Instagram, Vince Del Monte. Uh, YouTube, we put up a lot of um, talks I do. So either Vince Del Monte on YouTube or Vince Del Monte on Instagram. And uh, I do my best to, to reply personally to all my uh, messages there. So I'd say that's a good place to start. So good. You got a great Instagram. Everyone go follow him. All right. Last question. Signature question. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success or wealth? Well, you were given gifts and you were given uh, <laughs> skills and ideas that uh, weren't given to anybody else. And if you don't use them, then uh, you're not going to um, be blessed with more. So uh, those are your to manage. Mm. Those, those, are, those are yours to manage. They're, they're, they're his to give and yours to manage. So manage them well or they might be taken away from you. That's one of the best ways anyone has ever put it. The entire way that you answered that question is one of the best ways anybody ever answered it. Vince, I can't thank you enough, man. It's been really fun to get to know you over the the past couple of weeks. And you're just an epic human being doing epic things. And it's not until people get to scratch the surface and start asking you some deeper questions that they realize just how special of an individual you are. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you for your time. And I know the listeners will be grateful as well, buddy. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It's an honor. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.